You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. Welcome to Shot of History. Welcome Wait, back yeah. to Shot History. I'm Stephanie. I am the color man, Big Dev. Tee I'm Melissa. I'm Professor Reginald Mortis. Reginald Mortis. And what do you do, Professor Reginald well, Mortis? Well, <laughs> right here, uh, I'm playing the persona of a ship's doctor, but in real life, I'm a mortician. Nice. So for real, you you poke into dead bodies. It's a little more than just poking, but there's a, there's a little pinching, a little squeezing, a whole lot of cutting. Uh, <laughs> a whole lot of cutting. Uh, well, normally we would do a shot, but uh, we're lacking in oh, booze. But no, no, no. You see, that's the thing about morticians, and this is something you didn't know. Uh, morticians actually have the highest rate of alcoholism and drug abuse out of any profession in the United States. Really? Well, I mean. I feel that's <laughs> not unfounded. I your I would suspect that you would you would heavily drink. Well, the, one of the interesting things is my wealth. My wife is a alcohol and other drug therapist. So. This is one of the reasons why I know these numbers and this logic yeah. behind it. <laughs> uh, so. So as a mortician, I uh, kind of go through uh, a modern day mortician's steps to prepare a cadaver because we want to get into the other side of things later. But I was going to say, there's more yeah. than that. Um, I've actually done different talks in different uh, periods as well. Um, it's one of the reasons I got into uh, being a mortician is the history and the lore behind it, too. Yeah. Um, but let's go with modern day. Modern day individual passes away family is going to call oh oh there, there there's my man in waiting <laughs> um family's going to call uh usually uh let's say it's an unattended death or something along those lines mm-hmm. an unattended death is somebody dies nobody's there to actually witness it right at that point then the coroner is going to be called the police are going to come in at that point yes the individual died individual may go to the coroner the coroner may release the individual back then to a funeral home that the family chooses. At yep. that point, the funeral home is going to come in, take the individual unto their own care, and then you actually start with the embalming process itself. Um, that's going to be actually taking and replacing bodily fluids with different chemicals that are going to alter the actual chemical state of the individual. Um, that's why you don't get all the... Uh, as much of the nasty smelling and, and uh, falling apart and everything as you would if you didn't. Right. right. So... Oh, before we, we get too far, shot. Cheers. Clanky, Cheers. clanky, clanky. So we've we've in, uh, embalmed the body, and then where do we go from there? Once you embalm the body, usually that takes place as soon as you possibly can, because as I would tell families, you need to decide on 
what you're going to do, if you're going to cremate or if you're going to embalm or what you're going to do because the body's going to te- deteriorate very, very quickly. Right. Some people will say, oh, no, no, it won't at all. And you've been on the receiving end of it. <laughs> uh, it re- yeah, deteriorates pretty quickly. Uh, I think my grandmother, uh, they actually did, they f- for foregone the uh, the embalming process and they just basically put her in a fridge yep. until the showing and then they did the show a quick showing and then she was in the ground <laughs> uh, that's becoming more and more common especially with cremation yeah um, some places will charge some places will not charge and you want to have the body under refrigeration of course to slow that process of the body breaking down tissues breaking down right, right. Um, but like I was saying, with cremation, you'll actually have the individual set for basically a small family gathering viewing, which may only be like 10 minutes yeah, just yeah. for the That's family to be able to be there and yeah. say yeah. goodbye. Yeah. 10 minutes, we're good. Yeah, it was open open I, casket for close family for like, and yep. then uh, closed casket for the actual pers- you know funeral procession. Right. Legally, yeah. by law, you do not have to be embalmed, but... It's a kind of unwritten taboo to not be embalmed and have a public showing because then you get a lot of very bad things happening. Um, a lot of them being with the Abraham cosmetics Lincoln. going. Yeah. <laughs> a Disease. lot more than that. <laughs> but yeah, uh, a lot of cosmetic problems, a lot of smell problems, a lot of bottom of caskets falling out problems, a <laughs> uh, lot of bad stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> <laughs> Bottom of the casket falling out? Yeah, I've only had that happen to me twice in 15 years. So. Wow. Well, it's not bad, right? It's a good average. Seems like a, a pretty unacceptable twice. rate every <laughs> guy years, Yeah. Try, well, okay, when you put in the other weird abnormalities like being shot at and being stabbed and being yeah. possibly stabbed multiple times right. in the funeral industry... Yeah, a casket dropping out is not the worst thing in the world. <laughs> so apparently, yeah. violence is common in this. Yes. Um, well, think about it. Uh, somebody dies in, dies in a drug neighborhood. Coroner writes off on it, and I'm called in to be able to take the individual back to the funeral home. Well, he was a member of a gang. I'm ABC yeah. gang, whatever. Oh, right, pick, right. Pick yeah. a gang. I'm not going to go out and call out who it was. But it was um, the Crips. It was totally the no, Crips. No, it wasn't. It wasn't the Crips or the Bloods. They were not battling in that neighborhood. No, no. But uh, yeah, drive-by happens, yeah, yeah. and I'm on the ground and sheltering myself with the dead body so I don't get shot. Jeez. Awesome. Yeah. I did wow. not know that uh, and this, an undertaker. And this be. is why they drink and do drugs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've also been, I've actually been stabbed, literally stabbed at a funeral once, and I've had knives pulled on me several times as well. So, wow. Literally stabbed during a mm-hmm. funeral. Guy with a pocket knife. It wasn't anything oh, okay. large. Well, I've had still, a Bowie knife. I've had a, like a 16 inch Bowie knife pulled on me too. Yeah, yeah. But so it's like, no, we're going to get the cops involved here. This ain't happening. I don't want to get stabbed again. Uh, so wow. So you've you've given us some of the background on what you face. Oh, and, I didn't, I didn't and, finish. Oh, whoa, whoa, I didn't whoa. finish. Oh, there's more. No, oh, I'm sure there's, there's more. more. You only got up to where the family's calling in to the funeral yeah. home and getting set up with arrangements. Oh, that's, that's, okay, all right. He's been doing this 15 right. years. I'm sure he's yeah, got, got a lot tons I can of say here if you want. Yeah. But you still right. got to put him in the ground. I got gotcha. you. Well, you haven't done that yet. You're sitting there and you're meeting with the embalmer, right? Yep. A funeral director embalmer. You're meeting with them. You're setting up obituary. 
series, you're setting up the time and frames for whether doing cremation, burial, whatever they want to do, whatever the family yep. actually chooses. Um, you get into some very interesting family dynamics with that as well. Um, Always. I've had to wrestle a police officer to the floor and restrain him until such time as he either, one, I gave him option, one, he can calm down, or two, I can call his commanding officer and have him come in and take him off. Hold on. Wait. So, you've wrestled a police officer to the ground. Yeah. Or two shots. This this isn't this isn't day. because <laughs> this isn't because the family needed a police officer there. This police no, this officer is, was there because it was his father that okay, passed. Okay. So understandably he was going through a lot of emotion right. and everything. The family was a broken family. The sister was coming in because mom was already gone. So yeah. him and his sister didn't get along very well. So they get in a screaming match going back and forth and back and forth. So I separate him to a room. <laughs> Separate them in different rooms. Tell them, all right, I need you guys to calm down. We can come back together and do what we need to do yes. to be able to honor your father's wishes. So, all right, we do that. We get back in. Screaming match again, like 10 minutes in. All right, go back out. Come back in. Screaming match again. It ended up going through three times before it got to the point to where he's sitting there talking about going out to his car and getting his gun. And at that point, it's like, you can leave and we can do this again tomorrow when everybody's got calmer heads. Or we can try and figure out something that you're probably not going to like. At that point, he tried to jump over the table at me. <laughs> I really like this one. That one? This is the interesting one, though. I've, I've got a couple rings on, and, and of course, pretty pretty jewelry, shiny. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Steph, look at the squirrel. Look at the squirrel. Yeah. This is a costume jewelry. It's 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 a it's a giant can't giant, tell at all <laughs> giant skull giant uh, golden skull the one that's on my ring finger though is actually my grandfather's embalming class ring oh I didn't wear mine because mine's not quite as uh, blingy really it's <laughs> kind of just looks like a regular college fraternity ring so it's a, you eh. got a ring for embalming grandpa's class. is a toe pincher casket with uh, skull and crossbones on it so that's awesome. <laughs> Uh, all right, so family so you, comes in. You set got up the set up the whatever. Set up you the arrangements. Yeah. So you've got your you've got your options. You're doing cremation, direct cremation. Yep. You've got cremation with the viewing. You've got direct burial or burial. Yep. Depending on what you choose, the stories are all going to change. And what I'm going to tell you next. <laughs> so <laughs> door number just, one, yeah. door number two. Watch which one you want to step in. <laughs> Let's take it down the path of cremation. Cremation. All right. We're going to choose cremation. Are you going to do direct cremation or are you going to do cremation with a viewing? Wait, viewing? Is that a cremation? Okay. <laughs> so, body's been embalmed and everything set up. I forgot so to you mention. You still embalm the body if you're going to cremate. I was just about to get to that, actually. <laughs> so he interrupts. He's so rude, you know. <laughs> Oh, I need the answers now. <laughs> I must know. By law, you do not have to embalm. Like I was saying before, yeah. it's kind of a taboo to not right. embalm. So you can be cremated or direct burial without having any type of embalming procedure itself. No, right. nothing there. So if you're going with cremation, yeah, you can go straight to the crematory, go to the retort. Bring back the cremated remains. That can be done. Um, if you want to do, all right, here's a viewing, and 
full casket, full everything set up, and then you're just cremated afterwards instead of going to the cemetery, that's possible too. Right. Okay. Uh, so, so you embalm. So, or you embalm and you go to the crematorium. Yep, you're at the crematorium. So, right. let's say let's retort. say you embalm someone and you go to the crem- crematorium. Mm-hmm. What uh, what's the steps involved in actually having your body cremated? A lot of paperwork. A whole lot of paperwork. That's why you the have somebody come in. The reason I ask this is because I recently had an employ- uh, a fellow employee that uh, had his father cremated, and he was all like, I can't believe how much paperwork I had to fill out. There's a lot of paperwork. The reason why is because if you're doing cremation, it's considered a finalized form of disposition, which means once you're cremated, you can't put the cremated remains back can't together. Back. Yeah. <laughs> you can't give you a full body again. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that he said sense. there was he he even had to go to the state and get like a uh a form for releasing of hazardous gases. Okay, I don't know that one. That's that's a new one to me. Yeah, yeah, he was he was like there was like all these forms and it was, there, it was super a, weird and a lot of forms, a lot yeah. of signatures. You thought buying a house yeah. was difficult when yeah. somebody passes away cremation? Yeah, ba- basically you're he signing was told he's like, "Oh, well you're you're father decided to get uh you know get cremated his uh there's there's none left <laughs> you're it's out <laughs> uh, you see the tear going down my eye there's no booze he was he was like basically uh he was told uh well, that's her shot <laughs> he was he was told like oh well you're burning hazardous material so you also have to fill out this this form different states to have different yeah. laws with that too um usually a lot of them are going to be to hold harmless of any possible mistakes or anything like that that could happen right. such as let's say um an individual has a very communicable disease Okay, um, and that disease can be passed on very easily to other individuals. Well, you might be signing off, sitting there saying that, okay, um, it's okay to make sure that individual stays completely covered and completely going to the crematory, right. and that you do not want to view or anything along those lines. Sometimes that viewing may be, I just need to have one last time to view them and identify the individual. Right. So there's different check spots that you might go and say, all right, I'm going to sign off on this. I'm not signing off on this i'm signing off on this right right those types of things so there's lots of red tape paperwork that you kind of have to go through that's why a funeral director is there to actually walk you through it and that's why you have to be licensed gotcha gotcha all right well you know since this is uh steam con and it kind of is more focused around the victorian area and you've got uh some some garb on that would suggest that you have mostly victorian era uh embalming and prep uh, tools. Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, kind of that time period? Um, That time period, they didn't do as much embalming. They did more of the unembalmed viewing. Um, There's a special type of coffin they would use that you won't see anywhere today, though. Um, You will see the toe pincher coffins and everything, and that's the one that's got the reason they're called a toe pincher is because they go down to the bottom at the toe, and they have that narrow bottom. Something that you would typically see, like, oh, the the mortician's coming out and measuring you for a coffin before a duel or something like that. And that's where the difference between a coffin and a casket is. So that's actually a coffin. Well, they would have these coffins that were made of wood on the outside and then have like a galvanized punch metal on the inside. Okay. And what would happen is they would put ice in there, usually dry ice, if they could get it at that Mm -hmm. point. Um, But usually ice, something to keep the body cold at that point. Lay... 
um, kind of a barrier in between them there. It might be linens. It might be another metal tray. I mean, it all depends on what the style of that specific coffin was. And then that individual would be laid on that, and that cold would basically keep the individual from going down further and right, further. Right. Um, another thing is you have Natural a parlor. processes. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Farting, you know, yeah, pooping. Yeah. You know. <laughs> um, oh, everything funny. comes out once you die. Everything Sometimes comes out. it's best if you die on the toilet. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, once you die, there is no control. There's no longer <laughs> control anymore. It is not... Well, Victorian period. But the same thing happens with people that does with animals. <laughs> yes. You, you are I assume correct. it is. <laughs> yes. I've seen plenty. <laughs> um, the parlor. Everybody's house at that time had a parlor. Yep. It's where the name Funeral Parlor comes from because if you look into a house of the Victorian era that has the parlor, quote unquote, there's large double doors. And if you look, the front door also is very, very large too. The reason why that was is because in that time period, you would have the funeral at the individual's home. So you would bring them in the front door with these large doors. You'd go off to one side, which would be the parlor. Yeah, and no, that's where that. it would actually happen, <laughs> is in the individual's home in the parlor. Nope, 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 that was nope. Life, dude. That's, uh, you know, that's almost like, oh, yeah, look at this beautiful house that we have here. Only one person's ever died in it. <laughs> only one. Yeah. Hey, if you only one, you're lucky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Think how many cats are died in yeah. there. <laughs> so so they would, uh, so the, the process in general, though, uh, compared to modern technology keep them on ice but some of the same bloodletting and all that kind of some, stuff some of it would be very similar i mean the human body hasn't changed you still have the, the same veins you still have the same the limbic system way. bones yeah. you, your, your body is still pretty much the same as it was then as it is now right. so yeah i mean you can still open up the individual and see the same as what you'd see but so in much terms ago. of uh, but in terms of tooling like now i mean now compared to then how would you have prepped the body for there's there's gonna be it's it's more streamlined today than it was back then then it would have been uh you wouldn't have electricity correct so you would have what's called a gravity feed bottle Mm -hmm. it's a bottle that would have the embalming fluid in it that had a pulley and you'd sit there and pull the pulley up and up in the ceiling or up towards the ceiling you'd have this bottle that would have embalming fluid and it would gravity feed instead of being pumped into the individual um, if you go into newer technologies than the Victorian period, you had little hand pumps that would siphon the okay. blo- that would siphon the fluid into the body as you pump it. Kind of almost mm. similar to a really tiny bicycle pump, if you really want to think about it that way. Okay. At least then you get the the, the pressure dynamic of what's going to happen with that. Right. Right. Um, so I mean. Yeah, there's differences there. The cosmetics were definitely different. You had more of what's called pancake makeup, which would just you'd stick it on the face and it would just sit there. Whereas now you've got different uh, different types of makeup and whatnot that's going to smooth out the skin and be able to set up things a little bit more. Different type of makeup, like different made differently. (laughs) Made differently, yeah. 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 Okay, so it's made for just a shotgun full of uh, makeup. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, look at any of your pictures from the Victorian era. Almost all of them, if you notice, have their eyes closed. It's because they were dead. 
because <laughs> in the Victorian era, dead. yeah. Well, the thing is, is think about it. How long did it take for somebody to make a picture there? Right. You had to wait for so long for the light to be able to do it. Yes. Yeah. So if the individual's dead, it's a whole lot. They aren't moving. You can get a perfectly still shot. Yep. So you you see the macabre pictures of like here's this. They always have pictures of their dead. They yeah. They set him up and some of the worst ones were you see this family. And there's there's a little baby there, and here's mom, and here's dad, and here's the sister. Well, it's because of the cholera epidemic, and they all died. So they set them that all is... up so they could take a nice family photo together. Aww. Yeah. That is Aww. messed up. Dead babies. <laughs> oh, dead babies. <laughs> really sweet. <laughs> so, uh, the Victorian era. So tell us about some of the, the tools that you're actually wearing. Um, some of the stuff that I have right here, some of it's old, some of it's new. Um, I tried to do most of the stuff older. Um, I actually got a lot of it through connections through medical companies that I'd worked with. Um, some of it's just the cheap Pakistani stuff, like the uh, scalpels up here, the old solid metal scalpels. What, yep. what you, what, okay, you're drunk enough. Which one are you pointing at? <laughs> no, no, I'm anything. Trying to see. Black rubber tube. I'll tell you in yeah. a second. <laughs> but, uh, okay, scalpel. Um, nowadays, you'd use ones that have a removable blade because these ones you'd have to sharpen, which is a pain in the butt. Yeah. So, all right, we move down. Uh, I have a bone saw down here. Um, most of the time today, you'd see it used in, like, uh, orthopedic or... Um, Think that's no orthopedics foot. They so, yeah. use bone yeah. saws because they're, they, they're mostly electric now. I think they'll use oh. striker saws and whatnot. But every now and then a bone saw will be able to get into small. That's why I said with orthopedic like feet. Oh yeah, okay. That makes um, sense. Yeah. If you were taking off something small on the bottom there, you might not want to make as big of a incision Cut. that a striker right. saw, which is the electric version you're talking right. about. Yeah, yep. So you might do something small like a scraper or something like that in there to. That makes not sense. tear up as much, but yeah. Anyways, that's that's a bone saw. Kind of almost looks like a pistol with a giant saw at the end. Um, there's some hemostats down here. Hemostats are basically uh, kind of like a forcep that locks together. Uh, we'll take it out here. Yep. Yep. I don't know if you can hear the little clipping there as it goes together. Good old mm-hmm. hemostats. Mm-hmm. So. We're great for suturing. Well, they're great for suturing. They're great for pinching off arteries and veins, they especially are. when you are embalming somebody like an autopsy and there's fluid shooting out of all over the place. <laughs> and you've got to clip off this area and that area so yep. you make sure the fluid goes where you want it to go. Um, one of the things we had to do that was our final exam and more I appreciate school. that I have to do live things. So. Yes, yes. So you know. I do. I appreciate yeah. it. So, have you had to trace a drop of blood from one part of the body all the way through everything and back again? Because that sucks, I'll yeah, tell you that. Uh, yeah, that would be terrible. Um, go further down on what I've got through here. I have uh, more scalpels because, well, scalpels are always good to have. Can never have enough scalpels. Never have enough. Um, and we get down towards the more recognizable pieces of equipment. Down towards the bottom here, I have a trocar. Um, trocars will come in all types, shapes, and sizes, but that's where you actually go, usually about take two fingers above the belly button, and you will puncture. It's a long, hollow tube inside there, and use that to literally suck out any of the excess fluids or anything. That's where we were talking about a poop stick. Well, you yeah, might suck out the poop uh, with that, too. It's real sexy, <laughs> that what you're talking about right now. <laughs> sexy. It's a long, hollow poop stick. Fingers above the belly button. <laughs> Hopefully, nobody has weak stomachs because I mean, it doesn't oh, bother me. Oh, I can me, get into but... some nasty stuff. Yeah. Oh, but I... that's for my tell-all book. Yeah. 
<laughs> I talk about things and I get into stuff and then like somebody will be sitting there and they're looking at me. I'm like, should I not be talking about yeah, this? Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, I've gotten it. It doesn't many, occur many. to me that there are people with weak stomachs around that can't handle it because it doesn't like it's everyday life. So it's, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> no, number one fear in the United States and the world is everybody say it death. Dead. Second is public speaking. Public speaking is fine. Public speaking terrifies like, me. I'd rather die. I feel yeah. like public speaking die. is here. Death is somewhere down around here for me. <laughs> yeah. I would rather I would rather die than public speak. Yeah. You say that, but when you're being stabbed and shot at, nope. still rather die. Now, I wonder though if it like how they die, or is it just the thought of being dead yes. and you can no longer the the psychology live. behind it? It goes different ways exactly like she said it could be just being dead like all right yeah. i don't want to be in the ground with dirt over top of me in right. a little box right like the idea that well i i don't i don't want that to happen i would rather be cremated personally i don't i don't see the point of putting a body into the ground because it's just a body that's that's my damn sandworms anyway it's always yes when you, so, I, I would not want to be in the ground. That's yeah, not my personal preference. But. Yeah. So from uh, so one last question from uh, from your perspective, what is the more popular option across all? I mean, excluding ancient <laughs> Egypt because we know everybody was embalmed for the most part. Uh, if you were famous, uh, you know, what's the most popular form? And their brains taken out through their noses. Uh, preservation of the body is it either showings or do, do more people go the the cremation route well if you're looking for what would be more modern day um one of the easiest ways to do that is you look from the west of the united states and then come to the east because yeah. that's how the trends usually go within most industries specifically yeah. the funeral industry and like california the cremation rate is astronomical and i think it's uh around 90 some percent okay so 90 percent of the individuals out there are cremated right whereas over here we're only at about 45 and okay. as years go on, you tend to see whatever trend sweeps literally across the United right, States, right. and that's a good way to be able to judge that. Because every every culture is going to have a different um, way to be able to honor their debt. Right. Yeah. Right. So. Awesome. All right. Well, I think on that note, since we've been pretty morbid <laughs> for this episode, <laughs> oh uh, well, well, it is mortician morbid. Yes. You know, it could work. <laughs> kind of goes, right. like, you know, could work. Learning <laughs> Science is great. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. I never talked to a mortician before. Yeah, so. no, this, uh, this yeah. is very different. We've got a uh, kind of a firsthand reference for for history. So.